Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Celtics Talk podcast. Kyle Draper joined, as always, by Asherah Blakely, the CSN Celtics insider. What's, What's up? up, Drake? I'm good, man. Just loving life right now. Jason Tatum, the number three overall pick. We're going to hear from him in a minute. We also talked to Danny Ainge, but uh, I got a good feeling about this kid. You know, I think he's going to be a guy that can help them, obviously. But, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to put too much pressure on the kid, expect him to come in and be, you know, he's, this is no Tim Duncan. This is this is no, you know, he's not that type of player. He's going to help the team. But I think his greatest impact will be down the road as his body matures. And he just gets a better feel for the NBA game. Yeah, one of the things Danny Ainge said uh, on uh, Thursday night but was that they had him at the top of their draft board. Uh, he told us in our interview, which you're about to hear, is that uh, when he made that trade, with the Sixers, there were a few guys he was looking at taking. Well, yeah, well, uh, typically, you know, when, t- when teams are not picking number one overall, they usually have a small pool of like two, three, sometimes four guys that if this guy is available, this they have an order in which they'll take guys. And certainly, you know, Tatum was in that mix. But look, I think in terms of overall skill set, in terms of a guy that meets an absolute need of this team, you know, Tatum was ide- arguably the best fit for them in terms of what he does from an offensive standpoint. They need another guy who can get his own shot, and that's what Tatum does. Yep, coming up in just a minute, we'll hear from Jason Tatum himself. But first, Danny Ainge stopped by to talk to us about the selection, to talk trade rumors as well, and upcoming free agency. Listen to our interview with Danny Ainge. Celtics president of basketball operations, Danny Ainge. Uh, First of all, Danny, uh, what did you see in Tatum from an early uh, point that that attracted you to him as a player? Um, I think the first thing I noticed was his length. I mean, he's got he's a good physical specimen with his with his reach, and then I noticed his brain. I loved how he anticipated. Um, I remember the first time I saw him play was in the Hoop Summit last year, a little over a year ago, and. And um, I noticed like all the things that he did on the court, not just one thing. I, I think that what he's most known for is creating offense and his little mid-range game like Kobe or Paul Pierce. Or, but he's got a lot more to his game than that. And um, I think he's a guy that played some point guard in, in high school and can handle the ball and run pick and rolls and he can come off screens off the ball. And uh, I think he's got a whole variety of offense that he's – has the potential to be a really terrific offensive player. When people have seen him play, Danny, they, they talk about just the diversity he brings from an offensive standpoint. And with him being in Boston, there are going to be comparisons to Paul Pierce. Knowing Paul, how you have it, and knowing Jason, what you've seen, how similar are those two players? Um, you know, I hate to make those comparisons mm-hmm. when kids are 19. It's just like I want to let him his game evolve and whatever it is. But, um, I mean, they, I think the similarity is that they have good footwork. You know, they both have really good ways of creating space for shots. But I think the similarities, and they're, and they're both very good defensive rebounders. Um, I think those are two, two things that stand out to me uh, uh, with Jason that, that are Paul characteristics. When Jason worked out for you guys, did he confirm what you already knew, or, or, or did you need some convincing uh, to be able to take him uh, with this pick? Um, you know, I think he was better than, than I actually thought, um, which was which was hard to do because, you know, we thought very highly of him before. But as I had watched him play uh, earlier in his in his life where he lacked, what he lacked was his range shooting. And he was a very good mid-range player. 
and a good passer off the dribble, like I said. But um, the range shooting, what he showed to us in the workout here was very impressive. And we had two workouts with him. And, and in both of them, you know, he was, you know, one of the best shooters in this whole draft uh, at any position and one of the best shooters we've had in here in any draft. When you evaluate him and all the other guys that you were considering, character always comes in into play. Is it harder to get a, a feel for that when you're talking about a 19-year-old kid who may just be doing what 19-year-old kids do versus, you know, maybe being a character issue, which when I talk to people in North Carolina, I mean, his record is pretty spotless. No, he is spotless. And, and, and I think that, um, yeah, I think that it's dangerous to play too much into 19-year-old kids' behavior. I mean, we all are 19 at some times, and, and we, we, we all mature. Well, you're getting there. I'm working you're on close. it. I'm a work in <laughs> Taking him a little longer than most people, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think that, um, yeah, I think that, like, with all the things that we do to evaluate players, from physical, emotional, mental, uh, character, work ethic, all those things and their skills, it's just really hard at age 19. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, because you, you hate to just be labeled by what you are at age 19, which makes it difficult for us. But, yeah, Jason is a, is a high-character guy, and we know that he will get better because of his character and his work ethic. When you made the trade to go back to three, did you have him in mind? Was that the player you had in mind? I, I remember last week you said, you know, you felt like you were going to be able to get the player you wanted at, at that position. Was he the guy in mind, or was it Josh Jackson, somebody else, a combination of guys? It was a combination of guys. I mean, it was like leading up to even before the lottery. I remember we had talked um, about it being like we didn't. I mean, this wasn't the year to like we got to have number one as much as, as some other years because uh, of the balance in this draft. And um, but Jason was certainly one of the guys that we knew from the very beginning. And uh, but we had a chance to see some of the guys. We didn't see Ball. We didn't see Fox. We didn't see Jackson. So those were three guys. The two point guards that didn't want to come to Boston because we have a second team all NBA point guard. And uh, same thing with Chris Dunn last year, didn't want to come in. And um, so I, I get that. I, under, I understand that. But, um, but Jason was one of the guys. I mean, he wanted to be here from the very beginning. I mean, from uh, even before we got the number one pick. And, you know, he's, he's wanted to be here. And this is a, a place. And he came in and showed it. I mean, in his workout, he was sick. He was on antibiotics and uh, was, you know, his nose was dripping and he was like, but he didn't complain. And, and he, he still put, knocked down shots and, and he performed well? still played and played well, yeah. So we, uh, I mean, that, that was impressive that how much he showed, how much he wanted to be here. How ready is he for helping you guys initially? But that was just at some point during, during his first season. Right, so, um, you know, I think that He's, he's further along than Jalen was, skill-wise, and he's not as far along as Jalen is physical, physically. So, um, again, he's 19 years old, and I don't want to put any expectations. I don't want to – I want to give him time to grow. Right. And um, so we'll see. I mean, I think that, I think that he has a, he'll definitely have a role. He'll get a chance to play, and how well he performs is, is up to him. Danny, uh, obviously the draft is one aspect of the offseason, but there's also free agency coming up uh, next week. With the cap going down, how does that impact what you can and can't do and some things you may have to juggle uh, to get to where you want to be? Well, you know, it, it is hard. I will say that, you know, the cap going down was a little bit of a jolt. Um, 
because it doesn't seem like a lot. And, and I know that it seems like, well, every team has to deal with this, but like we were, we were planning pretty close to the dollar <laughs> and, um, you know, to have a good team this year, but maintain max caps, uh, flexibility going into the off season. Um, but, um, it's been a, it's been frustrating the last couple of days of just seeing like what we may have to do to to make things happen. Some of the plans that we've had, and uh, we'll be able to make adjustments. Um, I said last night, I think you know we're we got three fouls in the first half. We got to figure <laughs> out how to play the second half without fouling. But um, I think we'll, we'll we'll turn the corner and, and have have a good optimistic off season. Does it change your just focus or mindset going into the off season, knowing that you don't have quite as much wiggle room as you thought you might have? Yeah, no, it it, it has. I mean, yeah, I couldn't even do justice if I if I wanted to take the time to explain <laughs> how detailed and how um, how much of an effect that that has had just even in the last couple of days to maintain that flexibility and deals that want to be done or could get done and and uh but it's been significant uh danny uh obviously a lot of trade rumors uh going on out there was there anything i guess to your liking that maybe other teams uh turned you know turned down was there anything you felt close you were going to do uh, but other teams maybe pulled out at the last minute or anything like that you know I never know how close it is, right? You're in the negotiation with another team, and so you can't really see the cards. And uh, you're playing a big game of poker, and there's five or six people in the game, and you don't know what what's being, you don't know where you stand. And even after the game, when everybody throws their cards in, you still haven't seen their cards. Or, like if you got bluffed, or if you. And so uh, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, we had a lot of discussion, and uh, you know we thought we were close. Uh, on one deal, but um, I have no idea. Maybe we weren't. Uh, in terms of, as we talk about free agency, some of the needs of this team, I would figure would be another big guy. Uh, do you uh, plan to address that in free agency, or is that uh, somebody you had overseas? How, how do you plan to address uh, the need for rebounding and some size in, in the middle? Well, I mean, you know, so like we've talked about before also, I mean, re rebounding and, and size goes to all the positions, not just, you know, we don't just give an, an assignment to one player to go in and rebound because typically those guys don't have much other skill. And so rebounding is a five-man effort, and you know we just added size. We just added a six-foot-nine, eight-eleven standing reach, small forward. Um, that's huge. Who's a terrific defensive rebounder. And so, um, and and then on top of that, you know we we're, we plan on. You know, time time will tell how this summer goes along. But Ante Zizic is a terrific rebounder, and um, and Yershan Gabaselli will also come in, and we feel like he can give us some. You know, better rebounding. He's got a great body to keep some of the stronger guys in the league off. So, yeah, no, that's a big issue. That's a big issue that we we knew going into last year would be a struggle for us. And and um, so we have some guys that, that can help us improve in that area. How challenging, though, is it to to upgrade or improve yourself in rebounding when the league is such a positionless league now, where you've got you know six nine centers and you know six seven point guards right. I mean, talk, talk even about golden state too i mean right. you know when they go durant at five draymond right. at four i mean it's it's tough right right and that's what that's what i mean like you know you got to have other guys that rebound and uh you know those teams with with small lineups you know you still have to find a way to rebound and there's great strength like we obviously we're we're a very good team this year um and we're and we're small at a lot of positions 
and yet it seems like our big guys, you know, take the brunt of not being the rebounders. Right. And it really is a team rebounding game. And this has been the case even when I played with the big three. I mean, the emphasis of getting back and you know getting rebounds as a guard. So um, I think that it's something that we know where that that's a weakness. We need to add size and length to our roster. And um, but more than anything, you know, Isaiah and Avery and Crowder and. Get back in and Jump rebound. In and rebound. <laughs> uh, I, think, we, I think Rogier's heard that message. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's gotten Bradley, that message uh, loud and clear. It, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Shimmy Ojale, uh, yeah. your second round pick, uh, 37. Uh, what did you like about him? I, I know a lot of people had him going in the first round, maybe even. Guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, um, we really like Shimmy. I mean, Shimmy is a is a big body that's uh, can play on the perimeter. He's one of the, you talk about positionless basketball. I mean, he can play the four. He's not as tall or as long as some of the other guys, but he's bouncy, he's athletic, and you know, he's 245 pound shooter. And when you look, when you talk about Simi, from a physical standpoint, he looks a lot like Jake Router. Um, how similar, different are their, their games as, as you kind of evaluate it? Um, yeah, they're, I mean, their games are a little bit different. I mean, Shemi's been more of a high-volume scorer at SMU. Yeah. Um, but they're both good shooters. They're both very strong, uh, both good perimeter defenders. Um, I think Jay's got a little more length, but um, Shemi's got a little more bounce. Uh, Danny, any update on Isaiah Thomas, uh, just what he's going through right now with the hip and what's next for him? Yeah, so Isaiah is progressing. I just talked with him the other day. Um, but we really don't know anything and probably till you know, he'll get more imaging and just trying to let the, the bone heal in his hip. And, you know, and so I think that the next imaging is sometime late July. Has there been any indication whether he might, you know, maybe miss the start of training camp or summer training camp or anything like that? No. I mean, our intention is to have him back in training camp and, uh, and, um, and we're very optimistic that he will. But, I mean, we knew that it was going to be a couple months before he'd be feeling himself again. In terms of, you know, some of the younger guys you have on the roster, let's say Jalen Brown. Uh, I think he put out an Instagram or a social media post just a few days after the season. He's already back in the gym. Uh, tell me about Jalen and his progress uh, this offseason. What do you want to see from him, do you think? Well, I mean, Jalen, one thing we don't have to worry about Jalen is putting in the work. And uh, he, he wants to be a really good player. And, um, it, you know, you may have heard this story, but um, I think Brad was a little bit worried about a long season for a 19-year-old kid or, and then, you know, maybe summer league and then knowing how hard Jalen works, maybe we shouldn't have him play in the summer leagues and the start of a new season. But Jalen walked from Brad's office into my office and said, I'm playing in the <laughs> summer league. And I said, okay, well, you know, what's up? He goes, I am, I'm ready now to play. I want everybody, I want every coach <laughs> on the staff to know that I'm ready now. I'm not like a potential anymore. Forget that. And he wants to prove it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't expect to be given it. Um, he's just saying like, let me go show the world like how much I'm, I'm ready to play. And uh, I mean, I just love that about Jalen. You know, he's a guy that played four minutes, walks into the locker room, as a rookie, you know, still goes and gets towels for guys. There's no whining, no pouting. You know, comes in the first one in the gym the next day. Um, you know, next game he plays 25 minutes and plays great. I mean, he was he handled his situation as good as any. And I think that he's going to be a, a real big help for Jason 
going through this year because he had just gone through it. And even though he handled it perfectly from the outside, I know how hard that is. I know how frustrating as he's seen players around the league on other teams that he feels he's better than that, you know, are getting to play and let and losing situations, but are showing that, you know, everyone thinks that these other guys are better than him. And uh, that's a frustrating way to be uh, to feel. But he he reacts the right way. He just gets to work. And it tries to get better. Yeah, and Jalen right now is in Spain, and, and I know that because he put out an Instagram video showing himself in the gym working <laughs> on his game this morning. Yeah. Uh, how much? Maybe if I had a body like that, I'd take some Instagram. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What uh, what role or how much will he play in, in summer league this year? Because he again, he's a guy that puts in the work, and he's going to be a, a significant part of what you guys do this season. How much do you allow him to just play this summer? Yeah, no, I think he's going to get to play, and you know how much will just depend on our schedule and how he's feeling and all that. But um, no, we're excited for Jalen. I, I love the fact he wants to play. I, I remember playing in summer league one year, 1984, and I think it it made a big difference for me and and how the coaches perceived me. I mean, sometimes when you like get in just a different environment around different people, you can you know expand your game. Yeah. Um, when you're playing with Isaiah and Avery and Horford, the coach is built, the team is built more around them, and all of a sudden, you don't get to show some of the things that you can do. So summer league can be valuable in that regard, and maybe even showing the coaches that hey, I can do this and this and this also, and and all of a sudden that's implemented into your into your program. When you talk to other teams, does Jalen's name come up uh, a lot from other teams? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. And do you hang up the phone as soon as they are? Pretty uh... close. <laughs> yeah. Very close to as soon as his name gets on there, we hang it up. Danny, uh, when you look at your roster now, I, I know you've said in the past, you know, not championship caliber. Uh, what do you need to get to where you want to be to contend for a championship, would you say? In you terms know, of talent. It, I mean, it? we just, we have a lot of really, really good players and um, a lot of gritty guys. But, um, you know, we could use, like, a more a, a star, a little more talent. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. A guy that is, can get his own shot and create offense for others that demands double teams on a regular basis. And uh, maybe some of our young guys can develop into that, but that's a ways away. Um, but to be, to be a true contender, I, I just I don't think it's a coincidence that Kevin Durant and LeBron James are in the NBA Finals. And, uh, I mean, they're arguably the two best half-court guys. I mean, they're there with, with Westbrook and, and James Harden, of course, are great offensive players. And, but you got to have more than just them. But we feel like we have the more. We just need, you know, like a guy like that and, and give us a chance. How much tougher does it become, Danny, as you steadily progress, get closer and closer to that, that status to finally get over the hump? How much tougher does it become as you get closer to? to oh that? yeah, no. Hey, listen. I, I think that I, uh, in in golf, you know, you can go from ninety to eighty pretty easy. Yes. And going to eighty to seventy six isn't so isn't that hard. But then going, you know, from seventy six to seventy is really hard. Yeah. And that's I know, like that, to find that out. But that's <laughs> I story. know. Right? <laughs> and so I think that um, I mean that last step is always the hardest. The last five percent or ten percent is always the most challenging. And uh, those players that are not, uh, you know, there's so many good players in our league, but the players that are that extra 5% or 10%, it's not like they're just dominant every night, but right. they, there's a little 5 or 10% difference in the, in the star players, and, and that's why they're worth the money they make. Danny, so much talk about 
competition? Uh, do you build a team to beat Cleveland? Uh, are, are you competing against Golden State? How do you view that, uh, seeing what Golden State was able to do? Are, are you putting together a team, you know, eyeballing Golden State uh, as the guys you got to knock off, or is it Cleveland? It's both. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think that, you know, I, I think what happens in our league is there's a lot of copycat that goes on in the league, but you can't try to build a team that um, plays the exact same way as Golden State um, because we don't have Kevin Durant, we don't have <laughs> Steph Curry, you don't have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, and, you know, those guys don't exist. Yeah. That's why they're, you know, right. all NBA players and they're winning championships, but there's different ways to win. But it still comes down to, uh, I mean, San Antonio had a good year this year playing with two big guys, and um, I think there's traditional ways to win. I don't think you have to play a certain style of basketball, but um, you do have to have enough talent. And, um, you know, those teams are loaded. And so we're just trying to build the best team that we can that can play bigger lineups, small lineups, versatility. I mean, with the 15-man rosters, you have to have... We, I, I didn't think even from the beginning of this year like that we had perfect balance in our roster. Uh, we were definitely guard dominant, and um, I'd like we'll probably remain guard dominant because as long as we have really good guards. But um, you know we do need to you know have a little bit better balance. How much did that play a role in just what you guys were looking to get out of this draft? The fact that you already had a lot of kind of young veteran type guards on your roster who had already shown that they can really play at a fairly high level in this league. Um, not much. I mean, you know, we, we really look to draft the best the best players. But, I mean, you do have to take into consideration size. I mean, the taller guys get and uh, the longer bodies there are, there's just, you realize as you've been doing the draft as long as I have, there's just fewer of them around. Right. There's just not very many of them. And some drafts are unique. And uh, But uh, every draft has a lot of 6'4 and under guys. This is true. And uh, that, but there's a lot of six four and under guys that are dominating our league right now, yeah. and uh, you know that it's a very important role. But um, I think we, you just have to draft the best players. All right, Danny, we're gonna let you go. Okay, thanks for uh, spending. Appreciate uh, it, Danny. Good being with you guys. Amount of time. Good luck with Jason and uh, in free agency. I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. All right. Oh yeah. I want to see your Jalen Brown workout. Take your shirt off. Go I in know. The weight please room. don't do that. Please. <laughs> we got we got women and children watching. We don't want that. All right, Danny Age, right there. <laughs> thanks, Danny. <laughs> That's Celtics president of basketball operations, Danny Ainge, joined us on the Celtics Talk podcast. Uh, I didn't think that, he was ever going to leave. Dude, that man. was a long interview, like, but all tons of good stuff Great in that stuff. interview. Great stuff from Danny. I mean, that, that's, you know, he understands that as good as they are, they need to keep adding talent. Because, again, as, as he talked about, you know, they still haven't quite got that guy. The one guy that just everything dramatically changes for your franchise. But they've got a lot of really good players still. All right, that's Danny Ainge. Now let's hear from the man of the hour, the number three overall pick, Jason Tatum. Jason, tell me this uh, last 24 hours or so. What's it been like for you? Uh, Stressful until the draft, until you hear your name called, and then you can relax. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's draft day is the day everyone's been waiting for. And, you know, hearing your name called is a dream come true. What has been just maybe not maybe not surprising, but just unexpected as you came closer to this process, finally getting you to where you are right now? Um, I didn't really know what to expect, so I guess everything was you know kind of unexpected. 
But uh, I enjoyed every single moment of it, and you know, you, you only live through that once, so uh, I enjoyed it. One of the things Danny Ainge mentioned is that when you came for a workout here, you weren't 100%, weren't feeling well, maybe a little under the weather, but you still brought it out there uh, on the court. What can you tell us about that workout versus some of the other workouts you've had? Uh, I mean, like you said, I, I wasn't feeling well at all, but, um, you know, you can't make excuses because uh, there can be times in the future where there's a game or a playoff game where you're not feeling well and, you know, nobody's going to care. They, you got to uh, produce. And, you know, I knew, you know, uh, the draft pick was on the line that uh, I had to really perform, and I think I did pretty well. Knowing that, uh, you know, when you were at Duke, you know, one of your teammates was the son of the owner of the Boston Celtics. Did it ever cross your mind that you may very well wind up in a Celtics uniform at that during that time? Uh, I mean, we used to joke about it from time to time, <laughs> but uh, I didn't pay too much attention to it during the season. But uh, it's kind of ironic how it worked out. Yeah. Good thing is you won't have to give him tickets. He'll just get tickets exactly. from his dad. <laughs> he won't be hitting you up for tickets. Right. Uh, how do you see yourself fitting in with this Celtics roster, the players that they have on the team right now? Uh, you know, that's a tough question because, you know, usually when guys are picked, you know, in the top three, they go to a team that's below 500. And uh, But, you know, my situation is different. I'm coming into a team that was number one in the East. And, uh, you know, for me, it's just coming in and just understanding that, you know, they have their core group and core guys and, you know, that I just need to come in and just be ready to learn and, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, be ready to work. As one of the top players coming out of high school, did your paths and, and Jalen Brown's paths ever cross each other during the AAU circuit or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we played in a few AAU camps uh, when we were in high school. Do, do you guys have any? Did you guys connect at all before that, or have you since you've been drafted? I know it's still early. <laughs> uh, not not much. Um, you know, if I was seeing him, I would talk to him. But uh, I, I mean, we know each other, but we don't talk. You know, like that. But uh, we will now. How much do you think it'll help you, though, to have a guy like that on this roster who, in, in so many ways, a year ago this time, was in the same spot, I mean, same draft spot, uh, joining a team that was winning, not losing, mm -hmm. and to see how he just kind of grew as the season progressed, how much do you think that's going to benefit you? Uh, tremendously, because um, he's been through what I'm about to go through, so uh, he can be a, a helping hand to somebody that I can talk to. Who did you... Uh if, if anyone, did you talk to anybody about Boston, playing in Boston, being a member of the Celtics? Who did you lean on for that kind of information? Uh, I mean, not not really. Uh, I mean, uh, one person, Jason Terry, uh, you know, I talked to, and uh, he told me about his experience and how much he loved, you know, playing in Boston. But uh, that was about it. And, and for you being here, um, what's going to be just for you from an adjustment standpoint for you? Because, I mean, you know, you, you, you came from St. Louis, then you go to Durham, North Carolina, and having covered Duke b before, Durham is, is, is different than, than <laughs> most cities. And now you're in Boston. Talk about just being able to just kind of adjust on the fly. And what, is that, what has that transition period been like for you when you've had to kind of acclimate yourself to a new city? Uh, I mean, that's what this job, you know, does. I mean, you just have to be uh, ready to move on the fly. But uh, I'm, I'm excited, you know, uh, just to be in Boston. I, I don't know too much about the city. It's my second time ever in Boston. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, exploring the city. I know you brought up uh, St. Louis pizza. I think people are like, what the heck is St. Louis pizza? We know Chicago. We know New York, the foldable <laughs> Explain slices. Explain yourself, Explain Mr. Tatum. It, please, what is St. Louis pizza? Uh, you know, not like you said, not to, you heard about Chicago and, and New York. So, uh, you know, me coming out of St. Louis, you know, a small city, I got to try to put St. Louis piece on the map and, and, you know, just 
try to give people a chance to experience, you know, what I've been experiencing my whole life. And, and you know, speaking of St. Louis, I mean, you guys have had some pretty pretty good talent come out of that area. One, among those guys, Bradley Bill, who had a social media <laughs> message for you <laughs> shortly after the draft. Have you two had a chance to talk uh, since then? And, and, and if not, just talk about just your, your relationship with, with him. Yeah, he texted me last night and, you know, before and after I got drafted. Uh, you know, we're from the same hometown. We went to the same high school. Uh, you know, he's like a, a big brother mentor to me. And, uh, you know, he, he texted me and said he was happy for me. Congrats. But, you know, now we're enemies. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? I know. Uh, I guess we are. <laughs> oh, bring it on. Bring Let's it on. go. Let's <laughs> throw it up <laughs> now. I'm looking at your minutes uh, last year at Duke, 33 minutes a game. Uh, obviously, you want to play. And you want to, you know, convince the coaches to let you play. But if it doesn't come right away, uh, what's that adjustment going to be like for you? Uh, you know, not being the guy, not, not you know, getting 33, 40 minutes a game like you had in Duke. Uh, I mean, it, it's not going to be what I'm used to, but, uh, I mean, you have to adjust and you have to do what's best for the team. And, uh, you know, I'm a young guy. I still have a lot to learn. Uh, I knew, I understood that I wasn't going to come into the league and just, you know, be the man on whatever team I went to. I knew it was going to be, uh, you know, adjusting and uh, just learning, you know, everything about the process. You had mentioned, I think, la- last night um, about just adding weight, adding strength was something that you were really going to think about and try to do. How were you able to not let that be an issue for you at the various levels you've played with up to this point? Where you've, you've been able to be obviously effective, but that hasn't really been a major stumbling block for you. Um, and I... I think, um, you know, when I got to high school, especially when I got to college, uh, you know, I, I did gain, uh, gain weight, and uh, I think that, that helped me out a lot. And, um, you know, because college was, is way more physical than high school. Yeah. And I can imagine the NBA is way more physical than college. So it's going to be, you know, it was tough times at, at college, especially when I first got there, just adjusting to the, the physicality of the game. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have that, that problem uh, in the NBA. Right. Your, your first game uh, that we're going to have on CSN, July 3rd uh, against the Sixers, Markel Foltz. Uh, when you look at, you know, some of the top picks in this draft, do you look forward to going against guys like Foltz and, 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 and Jackson and some of those other guys out there? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I'm just more excited to, to play for the Celtics uh, and, <laughs> and just play basketball. I, I haven't played a game, you know, since we lost in the tournament, so I'm just excited you know, to play again. And when how, you hold on, Sharon, how tough is that, dude? Because that's the crazy thing that people don't know. You play your last college game, but you can't play pickup, really. You know, you're you're told to stay away. Uh-huh. It's just working out. Uh, was it tough being away from the game and that that competitiveness uh, uh, the last few months? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, that's one of the best things about the game is competitiveness and competing against other guys. And you know, you, your agent and people, your trainer, you know, don't, they don't want you to get hurt before the draft, so you can't do any contact. So, uh, I mean, that's tough, but, you know, now that I'm drafted, I can get back out there. For you, what's a successful rookie season for the Boston Celtics, in your mind? Uh, as a team? As a team and or as an individual? Uh, I mean, really just to, to get back where they were last year and, and try to get over that hump. Um, I think that's, you know, and I think championships are, you know, just chasing that number 18. Uh, if we can do that, uh, that'd be the ultimate successful and, season. Right, and just watching you when you walked up there, I mean, it was clear that you recognize all those banners. What does that mean to be a part of a franchise that has that type of history? Uh, it's, it's a great feeling, just, uh, you know, being a part of a great organization like the Celtics. Uh, you know, you think about all the, the great players in the past that, you know, you see on TV, and, you know, now it's, you get the, 
follow their footsteps. And, and just one last question, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jersey number 11, why that number? Because it's not like you had a ton of choices when you talk about <laughs> playing for this, this team. Uh, like you said, I didn't have many choices. I, I just picked the lowest number. Uh, and uh, there's, there's really no reason behind number 11. Okay. Before I let you go, you've been compared to Paul Pierce. I've heard Danny Granger, Allen Houston. Uh, what's your game? Like, uh, is there a player that has come before that sort of reminds you of yourself? Uh, I mean, I just like, you know, all those players are great players. Um, it's just, I just like to take, you know, bits and pieces from, you know, everybody's games. I just look at guys at my size and that can really score the ball and uh, just try to, you know, take things from their game. All right, All right. Jason Tatum, uh, thanks for joining us here. We'll be seeing you in summer league during the season. Uh, hopefully you'll have a long and prosperous uh, Celtics career. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, shout out to Jason Tatum for joining us nice. on the Celtics Talk podcast. A very humble young man, soft-spoken. Man, he, he's got that self-confidence game going because I've watched him play a few times at, when he was at Duke. And listen, confidence ain't going to be an issue for this dude. <laughs> he may not be flapping his gums or getting in your face or popping his collar and all that stuff, but this, this kid, there's a confidence about him that you like to see. He, his confidence reminds me a lot of Jalen's when he came into the league. And as we saw as the season progressed, that confidence quickly turned into production and not necessarily points, rebounds, but just attitude right. and impact. I think Jason Tatum has potential to be that guy when all said and done this season. Yeah, and what, what is the ceiling for him this season? Because he is going to a team that won 53 games last year, right. Eastern Conference Finals. And so he's not going to get the opportunities that somebody who goes to Sacramento might get. So what's what, what's the best case scenario for him this I year? I think for him, realistically, is to do what Jalen did. I, I don't think you can expect him to be a guy that will go out there and play 30 minutes you know, from the jump or even at any point in the season. But that doesn't mean he can't help this team win games. One of the things that I, you know, just talking with people close to him mentioned was that at Duke, they forced him to play the four. And he wasn't physically built to play yeah. the four, but all those elbows and, and, and screens he had to set <laughs> and basically the physical beatdowns that yeah. he had to play through prepared him for this moment. I, I, I don't think it was a coincidence that during his workout for the Celtics, he wasn't at the top of his game physically. He was sick. Uh, Danny had mentioned something about antibiotics. Yep. So clearly this kid wasn't there, and yet he killed it. He still brought he it. He killed it. I mean, he absolutely killed his workout. And so this is a guy that understands how to play through adversity and not use that as, as an excuse, but rather a, just a, a launching pad to being the player that you are. All right, our first chance to see Jason Tatum in action will be July 3rd as the Celtics take on Markel Fultz Let's go. and the Sixers. Let's go. Our summer of basketball, which is presented by Nissan, begins July 3rd at 7 p.m. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Celtics Talk podcast. For Asia Rod Blakely, I'm Kyle Draper. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, all the podcasting apps out there, and hit us up on Twitter as well, Kyle Draper TV and Sharad BCSN. Let's get out of here. We out!